To us forever are the gates of heaven shut, for who shall open them to us again? We go on for all time, abhorred by all, a blot on the face of God's sunshine, an arrow in the sight of him who died for man. Bram Stoker, Dracula. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. We are a week and two days away from Halloween. We are really getting into the monsters associated with Halloween, with All Hallows' Eve, and where this holiday came from in the first place. We've talked about this before. A lot of scary things are something that was once good that has been twisted and manipulated into something evil. If you look at basically anything of Stephen King's works, most of them are in that category. Today, we are talking about what once used to be vibrant and alive. Humans had passions, they had interests, they had love, and now they're dead. Or, better put, undead. Let's get into the types and examples of undead creatures. You will recognize pretty much every single one of these because you see them every Halloween. You see them in all the monster movies, all the scary stories. You will see undead creatures. So you have, of course, your zombies. If you like ancient zombies, we have the mummies. I don't know why I never like put those two things together. (laughs) (laughs) Mummies are just zombies wrapped in toilet paper. Yes, we'll go with that. (laughs) If you want to get a little bit more D&D style, you've got animated skeletons. And ghouls are originally not humans. Now they've become zombies that specifically eat corpses, eat the dead. Originally, they were demonic type creatures that would follow armies around and just basically eat the leftovers after they'd conducted a battle. This is one of those cases where over time, the myth has transformed between cultures and ideals and societies and what they think is more scary. And then you can't mention undead without talking about vampires. There is no single origin story for vampires, but of course we had to quote the classic Dracula for the beginning of this episode. But if you reach out across a lot of different cultures, there is a version of a vampire in most places. We mentioned before the Rakshasa have a lot of vampiric qualities, and that's in the East. In stories from ancient India, there are the beings called Vitala. They're less vampiric, more evil spirit that can occupy a corpse. If you look at a lot of these types of once dead people now turned undead evil, a lot of it comes down to improper funeral rites. You have this idea of somebody should have been put to rest and they weren't. So these are the bad things that happened because of it. Or a necromancer got involved. Originally, necromancers were actually people who spoke to the dead. They didn't necessarily reanimate the dead in the same way a lich does in uh, Lord of the Rings or most game systems now. Another fun thing about vampires, they're not just humanoid. There are vampiric legends of plants. A lot of those will burst and spread goo everywhere, making them look vampiric in a way. 
Like they've been out drinking people's blood. Yes. Of course, if you want to go to European history based around the vampires, when they were convinced that vampires and witches were actually out to hunt and kill them all, a lot of strange funeral rites began. And a lot of nailing somebody to the coffin, which is why a stake to the heart would kill a vampire. There also became a kind of surge in putting up gates around a cemetery plot after somebody was buried to prevent them from coming back to life. And of course, burying a person face down was an easy way to just basically get them to dig the wrong direction and never make it to the surface. This is a lot of the first evidence that we have of people believing someone was a vampire at one point was they were buried with all the funeral rites, but face down instead of face up because nobody really wanted to talk about it. It's very hard to find it in the records, but in the grave sites themselves, we find evidence of we think there was a vampire in New England and this is how we know it. So there's a little bit of interesting history there to kind of look at where the term zombie came from. According to The Atlantic, the Haitian slaves brought over voodoo from West Africa. Though suicide was common among slaves, they didn't want to commit suicide because then their souls wouldn't go back to their equivalent of heaven. They would be stuck as slaves that have been reanimated for forever, an undead slave, a soulless zombie. Today, we see it as reanimated corpses, animated usually by some kind of either scientific outbreak or a magic witchcraft kind of situation. Brains. They're always after brains. They want to eat people. But the modern zombie fad, just kind of like the modern vampire fad, they're fading. They're not as popular anymore. So if you're hoping to write the next big hit, that might not be the route you want to take for undead creatures. Or just sit on the manuscript till it becomes popular again. Because it always becomes popular again. Yep. The thing that goes across all of these undead creatures, the overarching power that they all have is that they're not alive, which means they can't get any deader. (laughs) Yeah, snapping the neck of a zombie just sort of brings their face closer to your face, which is not terribly helpful. A lot of the times they will also have extra speed or strength. And then in some rare cases, they can be shapeshifters, like the vampire turning into a bat. So one of the things that separates ghosts from the undead is ghosts have a non-physical connection after death. Yes, they were both once humans, There's that age-old question of can a ghost possess their own zombie and then be vaguely human again? Can I get a two-for-one deal, kill somebody, and then get both zombie and ghost from it? As far as I can tell, technically speaking, yes. With the undead, they are corporeal. They have a body. They are physically here. So you deal with them in a different way than you would deal with a spirit, a ghost. But in Zombieland, rule number two... Double tap. Excess is always better when you're dealing with the undead. Don't just kind of kill them. Really kill them. There are stories of people suspecting a person might come back to life, so they separate the different body parts and bury them in different cemeteries and different holy lands, that kind of thing. 
That being said, the undead are naturally unholy in a lot of ways. So a lot of the ways you deal with them include divine intervention in some way. Not necessarily fireballs, but like holy water or sacred ground, which is why cemeteries are particularly special and the idea behind the ghouls and a lot of others. If you're not buried in specific locations, you're more likely to become this aberration. If you have some kind of magic in your story, that usually also is very effective in dealing with the undead. Because they have likely been reanimated in some kind of magical way, then it'll also unanimate them in a similar way to the golems that we talked about a few episodes ago. You'll have a counterspell of some kind. And then when all else fails, decapitate them. They can't do much if their head is not connected to their body. There are always exceptions. It's a good first guess for pretty much any monster. Chop off the head, see what happens. Except for the Hydra, everything else, you're pretty much good to go. (laughs) The undead category is a really fun place to start, especially if you're writing a Halloween kind of story, a scary story, something that's creepy and eerie, because undead creatures are close to human, but not quite. It's that slightly different take that's most eerie. It kind of gives people the heebie-jeebies. Yes, that's the scientific term. It is now. If you're interested in learning more about the other half of a person that once died, we're talking ghosts. Stay tuned because we have a very exciting interview coming up next episode with Lori Juzak, who has led ghost tours. And she has a lot of interesting information and insights on ghosts in her interactions with them. So that will air on Monday. So keep an eye out for that one. And if you're dealing with zombies, chop off their heads. And if you're dealing with stories, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.